Hi, ladies, and welcome back to the PCOS Trainer Podcast. It has been a hot minute since I've been on here and a hot minute since I've done a solo episode. So I'm really excited to be back. Um, If any of you have been following along with my personal journey a little bit, I have been through a lot since I've touched base with you girls. So I have went to Bali, then I flew to the States, went to Las Vegas, then I went to Mexico. And while I was in Mexico, I got my implants, breast implants removed. So that was quite a journey of healing. I think I'm almost eight weeks post-op now. So finally kind of through the thick of it with healing. Um, And now I'm kind of settled in California for a few months. So that's where I'm at in the world at the moment. It's been kind of a crazy few months, which is understandable why the podcasts have been a little bit scarce. But we've made a commitment to come back and make them more regular. So I'm really excited to be here um, with an exciting episode today, all on stress. And I know I've talked a bit about stress before in here, but I think a lot of people underlook how much it impacts your hormones, the way it affects your body, and how much it could really be the thing that's holding you back, especially with PCOS. So really, really excited about this one. Um, If you girls are interested in learning more about my implant removal story, I'm happy to share that on here in in another solo episode as well. So just let me know, maybe shoot me a message on Instagram get in touch with me. Let me know if that's something you're interested in. And I'm happy to do an episode on that. Um, But without further ado, let's get into our topic today on stress. So what is stress? And I think a lot of times we just have this idea of stress. It happens when, you know, there's a deadline, when um, something's come up and, you know, there's a lot on our plate, but what really is it? And there's many ways that stress can manifest. It can be perceived, it can be actual stress, it can be physical stress, it can be psychological stress. Stress really is this pressure or tension on our lives resulting from maybe a demanding circumstance around us. And it really causes our body and our subconscious mind to go into this survival mode where it's trying to think about you know, how can I run? How can I fight, right? That fight or flight response. And a lot of us really think that stress is this terrible negative thing. However, really stress in the right amounts and the right frequency is not a bad thing. We need stress to function, to survive. And it actually is one of the key factors in motivation, right? So having stress is what pushes us out of our comfort zone to be successful and get things done. But the problem with stress is when it is in these prolonged bouts, when it's chronically never ending for you and your body is stuck in this fight or flight sympathetic nervous system response. If you're constantly in this state, your body doesn't have time to rest and restore in the parasympathetic nervous system state. And we have to understand that this creates an impact on our cells and our body because our cells have cortisol stress hormone receptors, and they respond to these periods of stress. So when we are in these chronic states of stress, it can have a huge impact on many areas of our health, including our hormones. And I know we're all been told to reduce stress, but we first really need to understand what stress is before we can go about how to reduce it. 
because we hear, you know, light a candle, read a book, <laughs> meditate, but, but like we all try to do those things, but how do we actually minimize the stress and the things going on? So I wanted to maybe go through ways that stress can manifest or kind of the common types that I tend to see within my clients. Um, and then we'll really go through maybe some ways that we can manage and, and actively start reducing it within our life. So let's talk a little bit about some stressors that we can encounter. The first I want to talk about is going to be environmental toxins. A lot of us aren't aware of this. Some of us are. Um, but our body is constantly being exposed to toxins on a daily basis. These could be carcinogens, endocrine disruptors, plastics. These typically come in things like the pesticides on the food we eat. The BPA and plastic, heavy metals like mercury and lead, which can be in your fish, can be in air pollution, phthalates, parabens, sulfates, chemicals and fragrances and cosmetics, and fumes from chemicals and exhausts. A lot of us are aware of these chemicals. A lot of us think they're not a big deal. Um, but remember, these are proven to be quote unquote safe in small amounts. But I don't think anyone looks at the accumulative load that we're being exposed to on a daily basis. You know, we're being exposed to multiple toxins in large amounts on a, on a daily basis. And this can have an impact on our body. It can have an impact on our body because these are endocrine disruptors, meaning it can actually change or mimic the levels of hormones within our body, which can cause us to have an imbalance. Now, I know, how is this stress? Well, this is more of a physical stress, right? It's not something you're actively thinking about, but it's producing a stress on the body. So it's really important that we spend periods of time detoxifying these harmful, unwanted substances. When I say detoxify, I'm not saying, you know, go on this crazy meal replacement juice cleanse and cut out all food. Absolutely not. But we need to support our body's natural detoxification systems, supporting our liver's ability to support us and healing our body there. So that would be the first one to consider. I think I'm going to go through these in the order of importance or ones that we really want to address. So meaning the last one I'm going to go through is the most important and we're kind of going one step at a time. So next, I want to talk about another, this is more of a physical stress, which would be your food intolerances and sensitivities. So food intolerances are actually a reaction that aren't triggered by an immune response. So there's two different ways, right? Food intolerance and food sensitivities. Intolerances is the body's inability to break it down. This could be due to a lack of digestive enzymes, or maybe like if you can't break down dairy, for example, if you're lactose intolerant, you're missing those enzymes. So you have an intolerance to a food. On the other hand, a food sensitivity is more of an immune response, which is also another stress on the body. And this can over time result into a gastrointestinal problem, such as leaky gut, um, potentially turning into more severe issues. And these tend to turn into issues that could potentially stay with you for your life. So yes, both food intolerances and food sensitivities can cause stress on the body because it's stressful for the body to have immune response, to have difficulty breaking food down. So I often recommend, and you don't have to cut, the, this is this is another thing, I'm totally on a tangent now, but um, you know, don't just cut all foods out and say, this food is bad, I should never eat it. But I think it's important to be aware of food and, and spending a period of time removing sensitivities 
not forever, but to determine what happens when we reintroduce them back in. And these typically come in some of the more common ones like dairy, eggs, um, certain food additives, processed foods. Again, I think we can have things in moderation and I'm totally, again, could be another topic in itself, but like dairy, for example, a lot of women with PCOS are told, cut all dairy out, but why is your body not responding to dairy? Are you having an immune response? Are you having issues with it? Because in moderation, we should be able to eat high quality food. And I think this leads really perfectly into the next point, which is inflammatory foods. Again, a little different than food sensitivities, but inflammatory foods typically signal our immune system to start fighting against something. So um, similar to those food intolerances, there are foods that can often cause inflammation within the body. And these typically look like sugar, poor quality fats like vegetable oils, because again, our omega-3s are our good fats. Omega-6s are often in the wrong ratio. So we want to minimize those omega-6s, which are typically vegetable, canola oils, foods that are fried, salad dressings. This is the type of foods we see them in. Next will be alcohol, very inflammatory. And then we can look at gluten and dairy. Again, a lot of people say cut gluten and dairy immediately. I think it's a great way to initially start an anti-inflammatory diet. But think about, for example, a Greek diet, right? They typically, that typical Mediterranean anti-inflammatory diet, they don't cut all gluten and dairy. They still have pita bread. They still have um, high quality feta. The thing is, it's more naturally made, not highly processed. And it's really a, more of a you know, simplistic form of that food. So I want you to think, hey, if I'm buying high quality food in moderation with my lean meats, my healthy fats, my veggies, my whole grains, then it's okay to have these things in moderation. The problem is our modern American diet is highly, highly processed and predominantly these inflammatory foods, which makes it very hard to get into an anti-inflammatory lifestyle. I really believe that when people are talking about you know, cutting gluten dairy, they're just too lazy to teach you how to eat an anti-inflammatory diet. And that's the problem with demonizing food groups is it creates this, not only the physical stress in our body, but the mental stress as well. So again, constantly fighting inflammatory foods puts our body under stress, but we need to find an approach that really feels sustainable for us and our mindset and is enjoyable as well. All right, the next one is caffeine. If you are like me, I got a hot coffee in my hands right now. I am a coffee addict, but this is a stress on our body. I'm sorry to break it to you, but if you aren't already aware, coffee is a stimulant, meaning it makes you more alert, more awake, but that is actually stimulating the fight or flight response in your body. It's triggering the release of stress hormones like cortisol and adrenaline. And needless to say, that happens because the body is stressed. Therefore, caffeine is not something you want to be overdoing or relying on. It is not going to be helpful for you, especially if you're having a stressful day. The last thing you want to do is compound that by adding a substance that triggers stress into your life. So big thing that I like to do when I first work with clients this is something you could try yourself is do a little bit of a caffeine detox, you know, cut caffeine out, go cold turkey. It's going to be hard. You're going to get headaches. But I promise you, you're going to feel better once you get through that detox phase. Okay, a very, very important one that I think 
if you've listened to my podcast, you've been listening, you're a regular listener, you're going to know this, but physical stress, okay? Training is a stressor. Again, a lot of us say exercise is my stress relief, but exercise triggers stress in our body. That's how we heal. And this used to always confuse me because I thought, you know, exercise is stress relief. But exercise, breaking down your muscle, triggers a stress response. That triggers and tells the body, hey, it's time to respond. Think of fight or flight. When you're in fight or flight mode, your body's ready to run. It's ready to fight. It's ready to exercise. So stress, physical stress, training can trigger stress, okay? And in short bouts with proper recovery, it is a good form of stress. However, the, the society we live in today with chronic stress, and then everyone's going to F45, these HIT classes, CrossFit, living on the cardio machines, your body cannot handle this. And again, I don't want to say exercise is bad because it's exercise in general is great for our mood, sleep, insulin resistance, um, heart health. However, it's when you're not taking enough time to recover, you're overdoing it with high intensity, it triggers more cortisol, triggers more inflammation, and honestly makes you feel more exhausted and doesn't allow you to move forward with your progress. So monitoring your training in a way that's going to allow you to fully recover is going to be huge. It's going to be so important for you if you really want to make progress in the gym and bring your stress levels down. So I hope while you're listening to this, by the way, I still have a few more points, but I hope while you listen to this, you start taking notes on what of these things you're doing. If you're someone that's highly stressed, you know, I need to bring stress down, but I don't know how, you better be taking notes here and thinking about what you can change and actively trying to change it. I'm telling you, I, I look at clients' Dutch tests, I look at their cortisol levels, and majority of them that are struggling with their hormones, struggling with weight loss resistance, tend to have very out of whack cortisol and stress levels. So these are some ways that we start bringing things down. Another one is going to be your artificial light exposure. So yes, natural sunlight is great for our mood and natural light is, is actually helps us to release melatonin, a hormone that makes us sleepy. So messing with this production, um, this production can really impact our sleep cycle. So oftentimes that's why we, we hear a lot about red light therapy, right? Because this is really great for our body healing, removing inflammation. Red light exposure is huge and that coincides with the natural light therapy, okay? Natural light exposure is good for us. It's this blue light, this artificial light screens our phones that impairs our body's release of melatonin and prevents us from actually having a good sleep cycle. So sleep is so essential for managing stress, for hormones, and stress and sleep are so closely intertwined. So you really need a proper sleep routine. And it's very, very important that we have this structure and this rhythm, and particularly syncing this rhythm with natural light Wake up in the morning, go outside, expose yourself to red lights, use blue light blockers, cut off screen time at night. You would be shocked at how much sleep impacts things such as our hormones, our energy, our appetite, our mood, our blood sugar, and so much more. People always ask me, you know, what is this magic supplement, this magic drug to being able to get really great results? And I tell them time and time again, sleep is the thing you're missing. If you sleep better, 
and you didn't change anything, I bet you, you would get better results just from sleeping better. And it's so easy. You just have to sleep. <laughs> Literally, that's it. All right. So um, next one. And now these are going to be probably the most obvious one. This is the one most of us think of when it comes to stress. And that is going to be your emotional stress. So again, this is the one that comes to the top of mind. When we think of emotional stress, we tend to think of you know, work, deadlines, things coming up, people in our lives. And yes, that is all emotional. But emotional stress is often really tied to the stories and the meaning that we assign it. And so the way we perceive stress and the way we perceive an event is what determines how our body responds. Because the stress and cortisol response is linked to the HPA axis. What is the HPA axis? Hypothalamus pituitary adrenal axis, meaning the thoughts we have in our brain, the way we receive them, then signal to our adrenals and our body to produce the hormones. So if you've ever seen someone go through something really difficult, very challenging, um, I love to use an example of like, say you had a friend who just got in a car accident and another friend that did the same day. And maybe you talk to one of them, she's like, oh, you know, it's not too bad, but um, you know, it'll be fine, right? And then this other girl's having like her life's over. I can't pay the bills, blah, blah, blah. This is gonna be terrible. But they both went through the same thing. How is it that someone went through something so challenging and didn't seem stressed? It's because, not because of the actual event, but it's the mindset they put behind it. So a lot of times we have to realize that it's our thoughts and feelings about the event that cause us stress, not the actual event. And that takes some inward looking and looking at the way we think and respond and realizing that um, to the body, emotional stress of thinking about a situation is feels the same as, you know, running from a tiger or getting uh, eaten alive. So we need to start being proactive about the way we view situations. We can't stop the situation, but we can change the way we view it. And when we perceive it differently, we have a better stress response. So again, I know that one's hard, but what I recommend doing is listing out, get, get a pen and paper. I, I told you earlier to get one out, so you probably already have one. And write out all the things that are causing stress in your life right now. Things that stress you out that you think about a lot. And start thinking about how you can think of them positively, how you can change your thought process around it. That is going to be huge for you. It's going to be the biggest game changer out of all of these things. And to kind of close out, because, you know, it's important to understand this, whether stress is coming from, you know, an external event that's gone on around us or something that it, we're triggering within our own body, these may all sound like different types of stress, but our body only has one stress response. Like I talked about, the hypothalamic gland tells the pituitary gland in her mind that there is trouble. This starts with kind of a thought. From there, that pituitary gland tells the adrenals to release hormones, which activate your nervous system, turn your heart rate up, all that fun stuff that we experience. This is a normal process that goes on. However, when this loop is on rotation all the time and it's never in this relaxed mode, that's what triggers a lot of hormone imbalances. Because again, girls, not only does it downregulate and upregulate certain hormones, but your adrenals actually produce androgens, which can then 
cause PCOS. That's why we see adrenal-based PCOS. So again, I don't want to scare you with this, but I want to make you aware of the things in your life that could be causing stress and let you really learn to be more proactive in how you're going to start moving forward around this. So hopefully this was helpful. Hopefully you took some really great notes that will help you to just understand how to better be proactive around your stress, how to better manage stress, and action items you can do to start moving forward. I'd love if you could share this podcast if you found it helpful. Of course, go over to my Instagram page at PCOS Trainer. And if you have requests for more episodes, leave them there. I'm so grateful for you listening. I really hope you found this helpful. And of course, if you're interested in getting support, I have to tout my own product, my own service. This is not a mini advertisement, but we do one-on-one coaching at TFL Method. And a lot of what we talked about today is what we work directly with our clients. So if that's something that interests you, check out my page, see our client testimonials, and of course, stay tuned for next week's episode.